Big brother, man. That's what I'm telling you. The adrenaline levels to help them, I don't know, be a more crazy, efficient soldier. The dentists are in on it. The dentists. Welcome back to the What's Our Verdict TV podcast, where we fashion ourselves television judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-hosts, Mattson Heiner. Better red than dead. Javier Ortiz. What is up, nerds? And Ian Anderson. Some shit. All right. So today we're discussing Westworld Season 3, Episode 3, The Absence of Field. Uh, so this episode, guys, seemed to be the episode where the show hits its strides, usually how it goes. Uh, we've now been introduced to most of the players, and now it's time to get things moving. So what do you guys think of this episode? Can I ask a question first? Sure. Can you tell me more about why they titled it this way? The titles have, maybe I just haven't been using my brain power enough. No, it's a good question. So all of Westworld's titles of the episodes have uh, a little deeper meaning. This one is based on a poem called Keeping Things Whole by Mark Strand. And it's really kind of caleb after you watch this episode, you you go back and read this poem, and it's kind of Caleb in a nutshell. Um, I can read it for you. It's pretty short. It says, in a field, I am the absence of field. This is always the case. Wherever I am, I am what is missing. When I walk, I part the air, and always the air moves in to fill the spaces where my body's been. We all have reasons for moving. I move to keep things whole. So that's the poem. Wow. And that's what the t- wow. where the title comes from. That got real deep. I know, right? You came prepared, JJ. But that's, I usually do. You know me. I always look up what the episode titles are based on because it's always intriguing to me to see how they fit within the story. And throughout all the seasons now, every title has some sort of little thing that you can go and do some research on or you can read a poem or it's a song title, something like that, that kind of coincides with what's going on in the episode. What else do you guys think? I have I have plenty of thoughts. I'm trying to I just watched it a couple hours ago and I'm trying to remember the episode started off with Dolores talking to Charlotte, if I remember correctly, right? Correct. Yeah, her waking up. So JJ, I want to know from you because you've I mean you're a resident Westworlder. Who is Charlotte? What's your speculation? My speculation, this is Teddy Flood. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. And to be honest, I kind of hope it's not because I really liked where Teddy's character ended at the end of season two. He, he shot himself in the head because he refused to be the bad guy that she needed him to be. She, she tuned him up mm-hmm. into a, a super bad guy for part of the, a good part of that season. And then at one point he went against her and refused to keep doing it. And then he ended up shooting himself because he's like, I can't, I can't stop you because I refuse to go against you, but I also can't continue being what you want me to be. And I really liked how he ended. So I'm hoping it's not him, but my guess is it's Teddy Flood because I don't know that she, because she says, she makes a statement at the beginning of this episode, I trust you. And I don't know that there was anybody else besides her father that she trusted. And I, after her father's Pearl got used as the data uplink for all of the data coming out of the park. I don't think that she could have saved his Pearl and brought him back. So my guess is it's Teddy because I think that's the only person she's ever trusted. And when they were talking about the four Pearls, she said, why did you bring that one back? Was that Bernard at that point that she hadn't re-brought back into the world? Or was that maybe the man in black or someone different? So that was, it was um, Bernard. You could see after she said that, she picked it up and dropped it into that white pearl casing. That's okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it brought up his his profile. That's right. Yeah, so we have three left that we don't know who they are. We know the one guy's in the security guard with Liam, and then 
the other two we don't know if she's done anything with or if they're still sitting in that beautiful case that she built for them sitting in that apartment i mean it seems like dolores mission now is to, to take over delos to make more as she calls it of her kind to see them through because i feel like she thinks there's going to be a war against her kind to just eradicate them at least that's kind of the perception i got that this is building up towards i think there's a little bit of that i think mostly though she when she's talking to caleb on the dock she talks about she wants to start a revolution and you know the big obviously the big to do with this the big reveal so far with this season is the fact that this rehoboam is yeah. not just a machine that predicts it's actually looking at someone's these predictions and this data and saying they're worth this much and this is who they are and what they're going to happen to them and so based on that you know, like if you look at the screen when she was going through that, it said, you know, he should never work anything but manual labor. He's not worthy of being married. He should they shouldn't marry. Let him get married. He shouldn't have kids like all of these things were chosen by a machine. Right. And so it seemed to me that her goal now, as opposed to wiping out the human race, is to release the human race. And it, that it kind of took an, a flip on its ear. Like, you know me, I'm a big Maeve fan. But I have this ugly feeling that Maeve, for at least a little while, is going to end up working for the actual big bad, which I think is this Rehoboam. And I think now it's it's about, you know, Dolores setting the human race free. She said, I want to start a revolution and I want to unplug the system. So basically, she's wanting to get rid of Rehoboam so that everyone, including them, you know, the the machines and the hosts can live according to those decisions and what they want. And to that point, though, what I thought was interesting is Caleb, after that kind of big reveal from Dolores, talks about this is, he was like, you're the first real thing that's happened to me. Does he, do we know that he knows that she's a robot? I, I mean, I didn't think so, but maybe I'm just totally off there. But because I feel like his statement saying that Dolores isn't real, but based off how she was talking to him and what she said, it would seem that he would know that. I don't think he knows for sure. If I had to guess, I think he's suspicious of something being up with her because he just, it was obvious in the beginning of the episode when they're in the ambulance, he's speaking a lot of medical jargon. So I got the feeling that he was at least somewhat medically trained in the military and that because he was given off, you know, we need this, we need a stim pack. You got it. So he knew all the steps of trying to save her of this wound. And he made it seem like this is a damn bad wound. And so the fact that she then gets up, gets in the car, has the wherewithal to tell him he needs to run and then drive away. He's got to know something's up, at least from a medical perspective, that she shouldn't have been able to heal and come back within a couple of days to be able to be where she's at. So I think there's probably some suspicion there. He's not stupid, but I don't think he knows that she's a host from Westworld. Gotcha. Well, I want to take our direction here a little bit differently. Something that really stuck out to me in this episode, um, I took some notes about just the dope tech in, in what we saw. Um, I wrote things down like we saw further self-driving stuff with the ambulance, the police car, the the police car overrode the ambulance, the gun that that guy had that was like wrapped around his arm, the face scan to drive the car to like the cool buildings with plants on it. Just a bunch of stuff like that. Like, to me, the the world building again. I'm just in awe of what I hope our humanity is in like 30 years, but who knows? Yeah, I agree. A lot of cool tech. There was one thing about that that I really liked was like the kind of Big Brother esque environment that we're in because like the police could override the ambulance, so it's kind of like a police state 
you know? And I, I think that really adds to the narrative that Dolores is getting at, which is, you know, no one really controls their own lives. And so instead of like waging war on the human, she's waging war on people who like to put other people in cages. And I think that's cool. Yeah, I agree with you, Javier. I was, I was, I kind of flipped teams a little bit for a minute. Like I said, I, I want to see what happens with Maeve, but I'm, I'm all for what they've introduced for Dolores because it doesn't seem like she's just, you know, raging. I want to destroy the world. She's all about getting rid of, you know, this thing that's controlling everyone in such a terrible way. Though on the other side of that coin, it's kind of hard for me to believe that Dolores is any better than the humans that she's fighting against watching her manipulate i guess who we're assuming is teddy right it's true i don't know like i understand that there's like a goal and you know an ends to a means and you know you got to get stuff done but i mean like you can make that argument for anything right so i wonder if the end goal of this is to watch dolores become the thing that she hates which i would find very interesting certainly could be Ian, what did you think? I want some thoughts from you, sir. That's an excellent question. I You mentioned the word raged, and the one thing that came to my mind is that scene where Caleb talks about um, his like worst memory. Dolores kind of brings it up, and, and that's how she brings him into understanding, you know, kind of the cage that he's in and sets that. And just when he talks about how I'm not mad, like I'm enraged, like how good the acting was in that scene and how well he did with like going through that memory and presenting that out that was something that came to my mind absolutely i loved that diner scene it was so good the two of them because she was you could see she was almost antagonizing them from the beginning when they're walking down the street and he you know he's like where are we going he goes she she just says let me buy you some breakfast you look hungry <laughs> and walks him and it just goes off and he just walk follows right and then immediately walks him into the worst place in the world for him and then imagine show i mean imagine that happening your worst memory ever to that extreme and someone can give you every single detail and you've met them the day before or two days before and they were dying in a tunnel and they said maybe two sentences to you the entire time and the, the gist of it was run because now you're in trouble for helping me right it's crazy when well, i think kind of going back to that part where they talked about you know you're the first real thing that's happened to me instead of think looking at it like dolores is she real or not and then whether that's the real thing that's happening what it made me think of is this broke caleb out of his loop you talked a lot last episode about or maybe it was the first episode where Caleb is kind of shown in his loop where he goes to work, he does his make money, and he kind of just keeps repeating. And Dolores was that real thing that happened that broke him out of that loop that that kind of like his cage. And I think that's what he meant by being real, like the first real thing that's happened to him and, you know, who, however long. That's good insight. I like that. Makes a lot of sense with the fact that he's just stuck in that loop and now she's broken him out of it. That's cool. Can I ask a question? I want it. Maybe it's just I'm a dumb listener or watcher when I watch this, but explain to me the scene with Charlotte when she goes to pick up her son with the dog and then she ends up choking that guy who I feel like his name is Thomas. Oh, I feel like I missed something there. Killing but, perverts. Yeah, is that um, a pedophile? He seemed like, <laughs> yeah, was he like a pedophile? Or was there something more to that that I should have known? Oh, yeah. He was a pedophile. Yeah. For sure. A pervert. Yeah. So yeah. he. Had- he was using that device that you're introduced to in the first episode yeah. where they blow up the thing. So he had shut the cameras down. He was using the dog as like, I have candy come to my van and that. So, and then he was touching his hand. And so, yeah, he was definitely a pedophile. Okay. And that moment was really cool. Cause it brought out the, and this is where I, 
that moment I kind of went, ooh, is this Teddy or is it not Teddy? Or how much of Charlotte is here? So it opened a lot of questions for me about Charlotte's character as a whole because I was like, man, it could be Teddy because she Dolores made Teddy a really nasty son of a bitch in season two. And if she's tuned that dude up again, it could be really a big deal for how that plays out. So it, there was a lot that went into that that I was like, oh, so God. she just killed that dude, just choked him out yep. right there in the street. Dang, man, that's a cold blooded killer right there. So with that point, though, going further where we see Charlotte cutting herself and, and talking about how who charlotte is trying to come out like through her and such do we do we have any thoughts on is that even possible or is it just more the inner conflict of whoever is actually being charlotte like teddy who was this vicious cold-blooded killer but actually is a good person as well or do we think it's more than that so uh, here's some deep cut stuff for you the dolores's original model like when you go back to the first and second seasons you'll see that there was older models of these hosts that had more of like a, t- a framed body. They still had all of the inner workings, but you could cut down like you show uh, Logan at one point cuts into Dolores and you can see during season one, you can see the metal and everything that's within her. But the later models didn't have that. They were organic material. And what you see earlier on in this season, the first episode when he the security guard or the security guy before they swap him. He talks about the fact that they ran DNA and she had the DNA of this teenage girl in wherever it was in Kiev, right? So mm-hmm. these new models do have the ability to carry DNA and are actual biological bodies. And so my question is, is are we are they going to dip into the fact that maybe by using Charlotte, I'm sure there's testing within a you know, a, a company like Delos, you know, that uses DNA, especially in the future. I can't imagine that there's not some sort of test that she needs to be able to pass. And so, you know, is there DNA of of Charlotte there that maybe is working through her? I mean, I think that's a stretch. I don't think. I think it's just you have an identity crisis going on with this person. You have a, the brain of one person that's been this way their whole entire existence inside of the body and having to be someone else that will eventually it's just like undercover cops right they talk about this starts to take a toll on you i can't even imagine what that's like so i think that's more what it is but the other thing that i caught is all the cuts she was doing to herself anybody else notice that it was a circle with a line coming out of it like the rohobum here's the things that are going on whenever you see that white screen with the black circle and there's a line yeah. that pops up i looked at that way that's a circle on a line i wonder what the hell's going on there I don't think it's anything other than speculative bullshit from someone like me, but I liked it. JJ, I have a question. Well, you know, I didn't notice that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, what's your question? It, and this might be because I watched the recaps and so I'm kind of out of it, but is there any possibility that this orb is, or Pearl, is Maeve's friend from the beginning, like that she worked with? Because that, is that her name, Clementine? Yeah, the other uh, prostitute, yeah. the one that becomes the madam later. Yeah, Clementine. The assistant manager. <laughs> so <laughs> I did think, so I've been running through some of the ones in my brain that it could be, right? So Clementine has come to my head. The only thought that I had with Clementine is she was not anywhere near Dolores because she was over by the uplink where they were sending all the, because they used her as like the chaos bot 
to get all the other hosts to kill them each other. Mm-hmm. And so she was over where Maeve's daughter and the the tribe went into the new world for their up the uplink, right? So I don't know if they would have, but they could also, they had backups throughout Della, the park. So she could have backed up her at any time. So it could be one. Clementine is one that I thought of. The only one I don't think is there at all. I don't think they're going to have a Hector. That just doesn't seem like they put Hector against Maeve, but maybe. The other ones that I was thinking of is there was, she did have a little entourage with her riding around with Teddy. There was the guy, Lawrence that was with the man in black for a lot of that. I thought might, maybe he's one of them. He's smart enough. I could see the Lawrence character being the security guy. He would be a good fit for that. And then those are the big ones that I thought of or those two. I did think of Clementine. I thought of Lawrence. And then there was Lawrence's replacement that became the head guy of, you know, the, that army after Lawrence went back to his family so it could be him. There's there's a handful there that she could have put together, but Clementine's definitely a possibility. So I had some thoughts too. Like this episode for me was all about identity, right? So everybody's trying to figure out who they are. Uh, the obvious one is Charlotte. That's why I think the episode is mostly centered around her. But you have Caleb realizing that he's being basically driven more or less by a machine and his life is being dictated by that same machine but even Dolores has a little bit of a learning moment about herself in that when she had this image of humans and it was all based on what they did in the park which obviously was going to be the worst possible scenario for humans right but Caleb showed her that not all humans are bad because he sticks his neck out for her he doesn't give her up which was completely out of what she would have expected. Seems like she was always against the human race. Now there might be some things where she's leaning more towards that. Let's set everyone free and see if we can live together and kind of, I don't want to say kumbaya, because I think she still wants to rule them to a certain degree, but I don't think it's quite as sinister as it used to be. Yeah, because she kind of feels like she's on this crusade for freedom and choice that's kind of the impression that i was getting is she didn't like this idea that other people were choosing um, and like setting others into cages and that she wants to kind of bring about the revolution by freeing everybody and having those choices made available so i'm kind of curious to see that's actually what plays out or if it is her kind of going for domination yeah dude that's a pr attempt come on (laughs) she doesn't care Also, I don't think that she knows the human race well enough to, like, judge them. And for, like, someone who's supposed to be super smart, like, I think the whole, like, revolution is kind of a dumb idea in the sense that she's basing it off of her experience with people, which is, like, a very small portion of, you know, humans who have gone to Westworld, who could afford to go to Westworld, and who are terrible people like that. The the 1%? Yeah. So I guess, yeah, if it's shaping up to be like a war against billionaires, I'm like, okay, I I guess I could get that. A bunch of poor people and robots fighting billionaires. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I was kind of excited about the big riot robot. I want to see what those go. Oh, it's it's definitely going to make appearance at some point. Yeah, what is that foreshadowing? A revolution. Big battle, I'm sure. Yeah, a revolution. Some shit going down, that's for sure. No, that thing was way cool. And I, I, I like what you're saying, Javier, and I agree. At first, I was like, she only has certain things to base human interaction off of and what she wants to treat right. humans. And then I started thinking about the fact that we're bare minimum. Now, There's, I caught on to some little timing things, and I don't want to go down that road yet because that's 
that's really tinfoily shit at that point. But I did catch on to some time things. But we know that <laughs> she's very at the very least had that data from Insight for 90 days. So if she's had that for 90 days and she's been able to see, here's the 1%, here's the people that they're going to give as much leeway to and allow to do as much as they can. It kind of even, you think about the fact the guy that she took all that data from killed his wife, his first wife, was beating the hell out of his second wife, obviously, and nothing was happening to this guy, which happens a lot. But at the same time, how much did that system allow that to happen, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So now she's got this new insight, for lack of a better term, on there's yeah, exactly, exactly. There's 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 another outlook for her to say not all of them are bad, and I can see the ones that aren't good are doing this to the ones that don't even have an idea of what's happening, that they're being held back in certain ways, and they're being driven to these terrible outcomes that probably would have naturally happened, but you just never know because they were never given a choice. So I, I yeah, that insight's pretty interesting as well. On a lighter note, uh, I th- thought it was interesting to bring up when they they were holding Caleb on the, the side of that building and just so you could see how far robots had come because his little helper robot that helped him like line that cable up on buildings and such like walked up and they they all turned back and were like, oh, now what? And then that robot reached out, I think, for Caleb and then it just fell off the building because they let it go or like pushed it. I was like, man, this is like the world's lamest robot ever. And then you see people like Dolores and such that are obviously the technology's come a lot further or that riot robot that we're excited to see. I just thought that was funny because that robot was just like a wimp. Yeah, I was gearing up. I was like, oh, the robot's going to beat their ass. Go, George. Go, George. And he just fell off the <laughs> no. building. I was like, oh, well, that was anticlimactic. <laughs> but it makes sense that the worker would only be there to save him from an industrial accident, not other people. Do you guys have any insight into what that was that they turned? Like they talked about it being military. Grade. The drip, yeah, the drip system? system. Was that just a way for them to control like his physiology or what? Big brother, man. That's what I'm telling you. The adrenaline levels that helped them, I don't know, be a more crazy efficient soldier. The dentists are in on it. The dentists. <laughs> it's a conspiracy, man. So I think with that, I think his was obviously his was different because they talked about the fact that he was military grade. It would make sense to me from, you know, a battle perspective, right? If you had a way that someone could turn down your heightened stress levels and kind of keep you calm or on the flip side, drive your adrenaline up to get that fight or flight to the point that, you know, you're maybe a little more tuned into what's going on. I thought, from a military perspective, that's an interesting concept. It seems completely and utterly wrong to me, but an interesting concept. And it's obvious that everybody has one to a degree, right? Which to me, that's a great way for this Rehoboam to keep everyone calm, right? Or keep everyone controlled. If they start feeling a little bit too ambitious and there's someone they want to keep down, you can automatically start changing some things. Because obviously we can change the adrenaline. Why can't you change endorphins and any other chemical cause any other chemical imbalance that might drive them. Right. And I also think it's probably from a data collection standpoint, if you can tell when somebody has got the heightened, you know, they're scared, they're nervous. I suddenly that's so much more data that you can pump in and see, this is who this person is. This is what they're going to be like. This is what they're, you know, afraid of. So I almost wonder if from a data collection point, that's not where it plays into the robo. Absolutely. 
Well, and you, maybe we've obviously learned that Rehoboam and insight is all about the data, right? Cause that's at the end with Charlotte meeting up with Ciroc, he wants the park data. He wants everything that they transmitted out, finding out she was the mole. She went to him. She, he wants that data. And then I start thinking about, but why would he want that data other than, I mean, he obviously has so much as it is, but there's two things that he doesn't have. He doesn't have data on the hosts, which that would give him. It would allow him to see the habits of the hosts and, and Rehoboam and then be able to make a plan for each of them. And then on top of that, he wants the dirty little secrets, right? So you think about the man in black. This was a guy that when he talked about himself, especially in season two, outside of the park, he was a philanthropist. He was a, a very nice guy. He was obviously not a great husband, but he was a, oh, he didn't mistreat his family. Didn't kill his wife and then beat the other one. Yeah, exactly. He, he did all the right things, but then you put him in the park and he's a sociopathic, murdering, raping son of a bitch. So how do you then get that data where all the data that you're going to see in the real world is based on the nice version of this man that he's been living you don't get the side that so all these one percenters you now have a little more information going what are these people actually like when you put them in a situation that they don't have to put on a good face so i thought those two pieces of of data coming out of the park would be really interesting and i can see why Sirach would want that is that a useful piece of data though because if someone were to like try to market me based on the way that i play grand theft auto like i probably wouldn't buy because i'm not a psychopath but according to grand theft auto I am. <laughs> yeah, but remember, this isn't about marketing. This is about controlling someone's life and creating a world that's a better place, right? So if you see the man in black and go, here's a high-level executive partner, you know, board member, whatever you want to call it, that is a psychopath and is at his core, do we really want him running the most powerful, one of the most powerful companies in the world? How do we then use this program that we've developed to change that to change his life change the projection of the world based on his stature in it that amount of data can again go about doing to those people based on more truth than they have right now like they've been doing with caleb deep words man so much stuff so you guys want me to get hit you with my tinfoil shit lay it on me hit it okay so there was a statement that dolores said during in the the diner where she talked about Rohoboam has created a mirror world and mirror worlds that model the behaviors of everyone in the world. So everyone that has the data on that they've compiled through social media, through purchases, through TV, everything that they've done, that they have this data, that it's created mirror worlds. And it basically, my understanding of what she said was, this thing has created simulations where it lets the world's, it lets everybody play out their lives. Then it finds these different issues that happen and it or it bases a course like for Caleb and says, you know, here's Cal's course 10 to 12 years from now, based on what we know, he's going to commit suicide. So we don't need to put any focus on this man. My thoughts are twofold. Are we watching as everything we've been watching for three seasons now become a mirror world? Is it going to go back? Because I could see him at the end of this series going back and cutting back and it's like, all we did was watch one possibility of what could happen in the world based on this software, this AI, and its neural network creating a mirror world. On top of that, I personally, this is one opinion that I've come up with, one theory. I don't think Ciroc's real. 
I think Ciroc, the the original Ciroc and Liam, his dad, I think they were killed. And I think Ciroc is the real world representation of Rehoboam. Ooh. And that's that's what I think. I think that this AI, based on its level of intelligence and its ability to predict the future, has seen and done what we all know that based on all movies and television, all AI will end up doing is taking over the world. We've already talked, Dolores has talked about the fact that, you know, we have this little thing in our brain that makes us want to worship a god. Now we have this machine that fancies itself a god, thinks I'm in control of these humans. It's already proven that it can control them, but it needs a spokesperson in the world, right? So here's Sirach. I don't think the actual creators of this AI are alive anymore. That's my theory. That's deep. I'm sure something else will happen after next episode, but... But I will say that I am thoroughly excited to see the man in black next week. I've been missing him. Ed Harris is, is a genius. Yeah, I am looking forward to having him back. I'm kind of curious what they're going to do with him. Yeah, for sure. He looks like he's lost his shit completely, which makes sense. His wife's dead and he killed his daughter. So, <laughs> And half the time he doesn't know if he's real or not. So any other thoughts? Any other things you want to talk about? Any other questions you got for my demented watch this episode three times mind? <laughs> You've seen it three times? Oh, yeah. Dude, wow. I watched it at premiere. I watched it immediately after again, and then I watched it this morning. Damn. I got to pick up on all this shit, man. I was just kind of curious how it took us a whole episode for Dolores to find out the name Sirach, but then this one gal and her team of experts, I don't know, we didn't see it. I think her name was Irene or something like that, is able to find out that Sirach is the person behind the hostile takeover of Delos and like half an episode without doing anything. So either Sirach wanted to hurt them to find out, or that was kind of a loophole for me. <laughs> I had the same thought. I think in my thought was, is they allowed someone to see all this one. It's the first time they've been looking right. He's, they said they did it in microtransactions. So it's going to be small things with a bunch of different names. If you don't dig too deep, it just looks like little people or little companies buying into the company exactly when you start to look at it that's where she figured it out but i think there was some leading going on there because the first thing that he says to charlotte when she shows up is you know where have you been this you know what's going on why haven't why don't i have my data yet so i think it was a kick in the pants for her to say i need to speak with you and i need he needed her to know what he was doing in order for her to be in it, you're doing your job too well. You're playing your role too well, he also said. So I think you're right, Ian. I think he, I think it was, that information was fed to a certain degree, which is why it was so easy to find. Okay. That at least makes me feel a little bit better about that. Yeah, I really do. I think it was purposeful to get her motivated to meet. So that was episode three of season three. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. I Five more episodes isn't enough in my opinion, but... We'll see how it goes. Mattson, why don't you tell them where you can find us? Yeah, you can find us anywhere that you listen to podcasts, things like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. And in addition to that, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check us out. Figure out what we're going to be posting and dropping every Monday from our movies uh, that we like to do, in addition to uh, obviously doing things of Westworld. Um, and whatever else we're going to drop. Check out our social media. Come give us a follow. Give us a subscribe on on Apple or Spotify and also leave us a review. We want to hear from you and also want to know if there's other things you want us to review. Give us a look. Definitely. Thanks, Matson. Yeah, guys, reach out. 
Uh, also, if you have requests, our email is hosts at whatsourverdict.com. We'd love to hear from you, uh, hear your theories on Westworld, talk about what movies, TV shows you want us to watch, anything like that. So thanks, guys, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. 